that ability to love and to care and to speak the truth, to choose to honor those around us. And so we ask that you'll help us to understand exactly what it is you're saying to us personally and how we're to respond. Thank you, Lord, as you lead us even today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we talked about the recognition, the necessity of understanding that when you choose to marry somebody that God has called you together with to become one, that God gives each of you a specific calling, an intentional directive, a variety of stipulations that you need to follow. And we start off those with a set of vows. We come together, we have this big wedding, we share all these vows and we're all excited. We lay everything out and then we walk away and we forget our calling. And we begin to simply become somebody who is married. God has a specific calling for each spouse. And primarily he says this. A husband should fulfill his marital responsibility to his wife and likewise a wife to her husband so that they might fulfill the calling that God has given each. Now, what I wanted you to grasp last week to get a handle on is that the husband is primarily responsible to help the wife fulfill her calling. That's his responsibility. And that as he meets her needs, then she is able to respond. In the same way, the wife has an opportunity to meet the needs of her husband. And when she does that, she enables him to fulfill his calling. Both are clearly directed to us in relationship to Scripture. So last week, we talked about how do you satisfy the needs of your husband. And we used three simple, understandable pictures. We said that God calls you to give him personal support, personal intimacy, and personal respect. And if you want the acronym, it's SIR, S-I-R. So those of you that caught it, some of you did, some of you didn't. But it was there all along, okay? So you need to address him as SIR. Well, maybe not address him, but you need to respond to him in that way. Personal support, personal intimacy, personal respect. And when you do that, you'll find that you have suddenly gained this amazing, incredible, wonderful husband. Or as my wife says, you'll have the best husband ever. She says, honey, you're the best husband I've ever had. And I'm the best she's ever going to have, too. It's the only one. That's it. So today I want to talk about the senior partner, the wife. And how the husband is called to fulfill her needs so that she can accomplish her calling. So the question we have today is, what are the primary needs of a woman that enable her to fulfill her calling? Or someone said, how can you understand a woman? I was sharing the other last week and someone came to me and said, surely, Pastor Lee, you're not going to try to teach men how to understand women today. No. What I am going to do, though, is I'm going to teach you how to meet two primary needs that once you do it, she'll help you to understand her. She'll help you to understand her. All right. So that's what we're going to walk through today, how you can be involved and accomplish the task of understanding your spouse. 
Now, there are two areas of great needs that is fulfilled will enable your spouse to fulfill her calling as a wife. And here's the foundational element of all marriages. I want you to listen to this. Listen carefully. I've said it. I'm going to say it again. God calls us and then he enables us to meet our spouse's primary needs so that they will be enabled to accomplish their calling as a spouse. All right? Short-term, happy wife, happy life. All right? All that means is you, as a husband, have recognized your calling and you're fulfilling that so that she might fulfill her calling. As the leader within the home, that is your calling. Get it? Great. I'm going to say get it. You say got it. Then it's great. If you don't get it, don't say. Just go. And I'll keep going over and over again. Now, when we talk about relationships within the home structure, I want you to think of it as a pilot and a co-pilot. They're each given the ability to fly the plane, but each one has different responsibilities so they can get to the intended destination that God has set for them. That's the picture I want you to get. You come together, you walk together, you learn together, you grow together. You get to the place together. Here's a great clip from Evan Almighty. I want you to watch it. It talks about being together. Oh, excuse me. Can I get a refill, please? Coming right up. Excuse me. Are you, are you all right? Yeah. No. It's a long story. Well, I like stories. I'm considered a bit of a storyteller myself. My husband? Have you heard of New York's Noah? <laughs> the guy who's building the ark. That's him. I love that story. Knowing the ark. You know, a lot of people miss the point of that story. They think it's about God's wrath and anger. They love it when God gets angry. What is the story about then, the ark? Well, I think it's a love story about believing in each other. You know, the animals showed up in Paris. They stood by each other, side by side, just like Noah and his family. Everybody entered the ark side by side. But my husband says God told him to do it. What do you do with that? Sounds like an opportunity. Let me ask you something. If someone prays for patience, you think God gives them patience? Or does he give them the opportunity to be patient? If they prayed for courage, does God give them courage, or does He give them opportunities to be courageous? If someone prayed for the family to be close, do you think God zaps them with warm, fuzzy feelings, or does He give them opportunities to love each other? Well, I gotta run. A lot of people to serve. Enjoy. That's such a fun show, you want to get it, but you may miss the point. On a regular basis, he tries to help us understand that God is involved in our lives in order that we might accomplish the purpose and the intention that he's set for us. He doesn't simply provide everything for us. He shows us the way to gain provision ourselves. An opportunity to respond to the situation that he places in front of us. 
In this case, he uses the picture of Noah, two by two. Together, we're able to accomplish something that we're unable to accomplish alone. That's the intended thing that he's trying to teach us here. When we pray, and by the way, that person had prayed earlier and asked God to help her understand exactly what she was supposed to do. And so he's telling her back, and he's obviously imitating God in this case and saying, oh, I answered your prayers. This is how I did it. See, as men, our calling is to make our wife happy and then to cause other men to wonder how we could be so smart. There are two primary things I want you to learn today. You've got to get this today as we pull together and try to get a handle in this area. First of all is that as husbands, we need to be a living trust. A living trust. A man who she can trust 100%. And then secondly, we need to be a husband who provides loving honor. Loving honor. So those are the two areas. Now, someone says, Pastor, I'm not married. I, Folks, get a handle on these truths. They're universal. They apply to everything. We're just specifically oriented ourselves in relationship to marriage. All right? So the first thing, she needs a living trust. That means you need to be, as my wife said last week, what is the number one quality of a husband? And she said, number one quality, that's easy, faithful. Faithful. I said, oh, okay. You see, the biggest problem that I found myself regularly encountering with couples that come to my office having struggles and difficulties, and they sit down in front of me, and when we boil it all down, it always ends up in this one spot, and then we take it from there. And here's the spot. They say this, I no longer trust him. I no longer trust him. I don't believe what he says. I can't believe What he says. He's no longer trustworthy. Ouch. How do we begin to build trust? You see, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is the verse that if you haven't memorized, you need to. It's a major, major verse. And it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths or make your path straight. You see, as we are following God, we become trustworthy men. Because the one we are trusting in will always lead us to the place that we need to go. So the first question is, can your wife trust your walk with the Lord? Is she confident that you are following him? Because if you are... Even if you're crazy Noah building an ark for apparently no reason whatsoever, you're able to follow because you say, I trust the one that he is trusting in. In fact, the Hebrew word for trust is a word we all know very, very well. You know what the word is? It's amen. Amen. And you go, oh, that's why we say at the end of that, amen. Trust. Trust. 
It has three different pictures or, or provided the word pictures as you walk through this whole thing where it's used in three different spots throughout the Old Testament. The first spot it's picked is that of, a, of an architect or, or a construction person who has put in together the blueprints to build a house. The second one is a picture of an artist who has this blank canvas and they're beginning to draw on this. And the result is this beautiful portrait of someone you know, and you can recognize it by look. That is, you know who it is because they've done such a good job. And the last picture is that of a mother who is breastfeeding her child. Trust. So these pictures of trust, how it all comes together. God's our architect. He's our artist. In our life, he's our mother who takes care of us, always trustworthy, will never leave us, never forsake us. Who are you following? Who are you following in life? Who are you trusting for life's decisions, for life's direction? See, she can trust you because of whom you are trusting. You say, well, how? Well, some areas that I talk about, first of all, she can, she can trust your talk. She can trust your talk. This is the major thing. Does she trust your talk? A lying tongue hates its victims and flattery causes ruin. See, when you choose to follow God's direction, he says, speak the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. That is incredibly difficult. Those of you that don't think it is are lying. Get it? Great. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who are truthful. You see, do you trust the truth or do you trust lies? That's what it comes down to. Do I trust the truth? Well, I speak the truth as opposed to trying to give it my own twist. Three three different ways I notice we we twist it. One is called white lies. I don't know why we call it white lies. It's a rational lie. It's a partial lie. It's like spoiled milk that hasn't curdled yet. Is that it? Spoiled milk that hasn't curdled yet. As the picture is like, oh, I think it's okay. Ah, oh, that's not okay. Fabrications about past events. Distorting the truth in subtle ways that make us look better. Or that present the results in such a way that we don't look quite as bad as they really are. I've decided I'm going to go on vacation for a month instead of saying, I just lost my job. Subtle, huh? Oops. We want to think that these lies are helpful and not harmful. I want you to hear this. They are not helpful. Speak the truth. Figure out the right way to say it. It takes some effort at times, but it's worth it. Your wife walked in with this beautiful dress that on her just doesn't look very good. It's purple. She looks like a giant plum. And you turn and you look at her and you say, I'm going to speak the truth. Careful. Careful. Truth spoken You think about it. 
before you say what it is you're going to say. There are a variety of ways to say something that shows love and care and still presents truth. You've got to figure out how to say it. Tell me how, Pastor. I'm not going to tell you. Figure it out. It's not that difficult, but it does take some effort. Truth always takes effort. Second way we lie is we trouble lies. I call avoiding trouble lies. This is when we're under pressure. Honey, did you call the babysitter like you said? I think I did. Yeah, I, I told her she's not here. Oops. No. Did you really call her? I meant to. I forgot. Speak the truth. Impulsive lies. You see, impulsive lies, those lies that we just kind of let it come out. We don't quite say the truth because we just don't want to get in trouble. And afterwards we go, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Now we're kind of, how can I pull back here? For the first two years I was a Christian, I used to always say, in a matter of speaking. After everything I'd said. I would talk to them and I'd say, in a matter of speaking. People say, what are you saying? I say, because I don't want to tell any lies and I'm not sure if I'm telling the truth. <laughs> really? Yeah, I just, I really, I'd had such a tough time prior to becoming a Christian. I, I just lied all the time. It was easier to lie than tell the truth. If the truth was a, was a good thing, I'd still tell a lie. Just to see if you believed it. It was really odd. So I became a Christian. I, would, I said, I just don't want to lie. No more lies. Another style of lying is what I call protection lying. Really, this, this is saying, it's saying this. You can't handle the truth. We're saying to our spouses... You can't handle the truth. When I tell you this, you're going to start crying. You're going to break down. It's just going to be awful. I don't want to deal with it to your reaction to my perceived failure. We'll say, well, I don't want her to worry. I borrowed money without telling her, and so I lied about it. I intend to pay it back, but the side deal didn't work out. But everything's great, honey. Everything's fine. She's looking at you. I don't think everything is fine. I don't think everything is great. Because whenever there's a lie, there's always a shadow with it that you carry with you. You can't see the shadow, but the other person can. They always can. She sees the shadow. Hmm. Protecting lies. No marriage can survive a lack of honesty. Insincere talk puts holes in our marriage's foundation. I can't trust you. I no longer believe you. You know, it's like the old story about how do you tell when a group of lawyers are standing together, how do you tell when they're lying? Yeah, they open their mouth. Yeah. I go, oh, come on. And she starts to say to you, every time you open your mouth, 
Men, speak the truth. It's the only policy that works. No more lies. That needs to be your cut and dry. I'm going to deal with it. No more lies. Get it? Great. Okay. Trust the truth, not lies. That's the key. Trust the truth, not lies. Turn to your spouse and say, I'm going to trust the truth. Turn to your friend, whatever. I'm going to trust the truth. There it is. You've got to hang on to it, folks. Speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is our head. Truth is not a light switch that you can turn off and on. Trust is not a light switch that you can turn off and on. You keep it on. You keep it on. You prove your trustworthiness by signing a living trust. Daily, I will speak the truth. And the most wonderful thing about that is, no matter how bad your memory is, it doesn't matter. Because I never have to remember the lie that I shared earlier. I don't have to remember it. I just speak the truth. We grew up together when we speak the truth. And that's the number one thing for husbands to your wives. That's number one. More than anything else, I hear it over and over and over. I don't trust him anymore. Speak the truth. Hey, just watch this little clip here. It's about speaking the truth. It's from a movie called Liar, Liar. Monster Max! I'd like to, but I can't right now, Max. I gotta talk to you. Your mommy told me about that wish you made last night. It came true, Max. Really? You mean you have to tell the truth? Yes. No matter what? No matter what? Is wrestling real? In the Olympics, yes. On Channel 23, no. Will sitting too close to the TV set make me go blind? Not in a million years. If I keep making this face, won't get stuck that way? Uh-uh. In fact, some people make a good living that way. Now listen, Max, you got to do something for me. I need you to take back that wish. So you can lie? Yes, but not to you. You see, Max, sometimes grown-ups need to lie. <laughs> it's hard to explain, but if... Look, here's a good example. When your mommy was pregnant with you, she gained a good 40 pounds. There was nothing she wouldn't eat, and Daddy was scared. But when she'd ask me, how do I look? I'd say, honey, you look great. You're beautiful. You're glowing. If I'd have told Mommy she looked like a cow, it would have hurt her feelings. Understand? My teacher tells me real beauty's on the inside. That's just something ugly people say. Max, no one can survive in the adult world if they have to stick to the truth. I could lose my case. I could lose my promotion. I could even lose my job. Now, I need your help, Max, okay? Okay, now do whatever you did last night. Only this time, make it an unwish. I did it. Excellent!
Not like I'd hoped. Did you unwish it? Only... What? Only what? Yesterday, when I wished it, I really meant it. This time, when I unwished it, I only did it because you told me to. All right. Now do it again, and this time, mean it. But I can't. Why not? I don't want you to lie. I explained this. I have to lie. Everybody lies. Mommy lies. Even the wonderful Jerry lies. But you're the only one that makes me feel bad. Folks, I'm going to tell you something that's going to be hard for you to believe. Everybody doesn't lie. And you can speak the truth. And God will honor you for it. Living trust. Speak the truth. Number one foundation for every husband here. Really, for every person here, if you want to have a relationship with anybody, speak the truth. Second major thing, and it's the only other one we're going to talk about, and that is your spouse needs loving understanding or affection or honor. And that's the word used here. She needs for you to understand her, for you to show her affection, for you to give her honor. This is all the same concept. Peter said it this way. He said, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should. So your prayers will not be stopped. Hindered. Honor your wife. Understand your partner. Some elements of honor. The first one I think of is you show honor with care and protection. With care and protection. Scripture says you need to love your wife as you love yourself. This is understanding love. It's know what I like. Do you know what your wife likes? Do you know what color she likes? Do you know what kind of candy she likes. You just go get her a box of candy, you blew it. Eh? What kind of candy does she like? Be specific. Show that you know something other people don't. Recognize it's dark chocolate, not milk chocolate. Recognize it's Bordeaux, not nuts and chews. What is it that she likes show it show that you're thoughtful and caring you see weaker here means simply that when we face the problems of life i will not leave you that's really the intention of the picture idea within this context i will never leave you i will always be here i will care for you and i show this through being personally aware of needs in your life and responding to those specific needs. Secondly, say it with respectful words. Respectful words. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Before you were married, you were discovering harmony on a regular basis. It's a note that fit perfectly. And the way you discover it was you talked all the time. 
And in the midst of all that talking interaction, you found yourself hitting these key notes. You said, wow, that was amazing. There was like one plus one equaled one. It was really weird. And I was like, my goodness. I remember my wife, was going, looking at my wife and I was going, man, this is really, this is really something. She wasn't my wife then. She was going to become my wife. I didn't know at the time. I just kind of like, this is different. What's going on here? And my parents saying, wow, that gal, you two, you two fit together. You're like perfect for one another. And I was like, I know. It's so weird. One plus one equals one. It's always been two with everybody I've been with. Wow. And this harmonious note. Every now and then, Rob and I sing together, and we get to hear these marvelous notes. And I go, wow, that sounds so good. But they're different notes. But they end up with a sound that is better than the singular sound. Harmony. Respectful words. You, you sought to discover her interests, her special abilities, her hopes, her dreams. You held hands. You opened doors. You moved the chair out when she sat down. I do that. I go out to eat. And I move a chair out. And, and the waiter there looks at you like, what the heck are you doing? What are you talking about? It's my wife. Move the chair out, put her back in. You know, she's like, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. What's wrong with you, dude? This is what you do. He honors me. Doesn't do that for anybody else, but he honors me. Well, I do it for mom. Okay, but that's, that's, that's the only ones that, that I do that for. You make sure that you're a servant leader that she's proud of. Words and actions of respect that are expressed out of my love for her. If you respected all her above all others... You see, when you'd sit down and you'd sit together at the table and you'd sit and look at each other's eyes and it was just this wonderful thing and you didn't notice anybody else around at all. Now you sit together, you look into your eyes and you're doing this thing. Stop it. Look into her eyes, stare at her and stay focused. Stay focused. It's not easy, but you can do it. Stay focused. And when you do, something will happen. And the Lord will do something special. And you experience that sense of oneness, respectful words. I just called, honey, to say, I love you. I just text to say, I love you. Wow. And her response back is always, what is it? Yeah, I love you too, or usually it's I love you more. And then I get to say, I love you most. One again. My wife always goes, I love you most. I say, that's not fair. You can't just jump. There's a process here. (laughs) Say it with respectful words. When the sun rises in the morning and sets in the evening, then my love for you will have only just begun. Say it. Share it. Mean it, and God will honor it. Say it with prayers of support. You honor it with prayers of support. How often do you pray with your spouse? Hope it's every day. What a wonderful opportunity you have. Your prayers will not be hindered. As you pray with your spouse, God is in a special place of listening. People often say, you know, Pastor, I get together with you and Mary, and she prays for me, and those prayers are answered. 
Meaning, when they just prayed with me, it wasn't. And they're absolutely correct. On a regular basis, that happens. Something takes place when a husband and wife together pray. God enters into it in a special way. That's why he says, don't deprive each other of sexual relationships unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Pray with one another. Prayers of support. And next thing is short with thoughtful gifts and meaningful touch. Thoughtful gifts and meaningful touch. Give your wives much love is the way, is the way uh, Paul talks about it in Colossians. Never treat them harshly. Recognize what it is that she feels love for. What are the special gifts that she loves to have? What's, what's the new dress that she really wanted but she didn't want to spend the money on? What's the special book that she wanted to read? How about some money just for her to go spend on anything she wants with no strings? Cash. Now you kind of say, well, I'll just give her my debit card. It's not the same thing. Cash. We had a good one this week. This, this is a new one that I came up with. This, this is called, it's called Me Without You. Great little book. Great little book. So those of you guys, you're out of luck now because I already showed you it. If you found it earlier, you could have given it to your wife and she would have said, you are so wonderful. Okay. So in this one it says, to my prime rib from your odd juice. You know, so that was one I gave my wife, and I won't tell you the rest of it. But it was—it's really good. It's—it's it's just fun little things, you know. Uh, life without you is like a restaurant without menu, like an Eskimo without igloo. You know, it goes on and on. It's kind of fun stuff. So it was one of those neat little books reminding us of God's calling uh, to oneness in our life. What what way do you show meaningfully with thoughts and gifts? Um, I'll share you one other thing because my wife's not here so I can share some of these things. Uh, when we were in seminary, uh, my wife waited tables. I was like, oh, man. So I'm going to seminary to school, and she's waiting tables at Tiny Nailers. <laughs> not a great restaurant. Okay, and so that's where she's at, and she'd go there every day and get heckled, and she had a horrible boss. It was horrible. I wanted to go knock him out. It was like, man. So I remember going there one day, and I sat down, and she was kind of bummed. And, and uh, So I sat down, and so she served me, you know, uh, it was lunch, and gave me lunch and everything. And So when I left, I left her a tip for $1,000. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So she was like flabbergasted. I got a $1,000 tip today. I said, yeah, wasn't it great? She never even spent it. She just needed to know that I would give her that much, that she meant that much. You've got to come up with some creative ways to show your spouse that you care for. Worship team, why don't you guys come up right now as we close up. Show it with meaningful touch. Hold her close and just listen. Repeat what she said to you until you get it. Say it again until you get it. Finally you go, oh. And she says, Yes. That's what I meant for you to hear. That's what I meant for you to hear. See, marriage is like a giant jigsaw puzzle. 
When you first get married, this is what you think it is. Okay? Think, this is the jigsaw puzzle. Guys, so, do you see over here is a nice one? Isn't that cute? And you think, got all those nice big pieces. There's only about 12 total. And you go, wow. Marriage is so wonderful. It's so easy. And then you get married, and a few weeks later, this is what you find out. That's what it really looks like. It's this huge jigsaw puzzle. It's huge, and there's thousands of pieces. And you get so frustrated because you're, you're trying to shove this piece in, and it won't fit. And you're going, I just don't know how to make this work. And anybody who's done giant jigsaw puzzles know it's really easy to begin with. You just do the borders. You know, you get all the borders in. It's like, oh, man, I did good. And then you start putting in the sky, and it's not quite so. And you, start, and you get these intricate pieces. And sometimes you've got to just stop working on this spot and switch over to this spot. And you work it in, and you work it in, and you work it in. And you go, oh. And then you switch over to this spot, and you work it in, and you work it in. And then when you get all the way through with it, and you go, and there's just one piece missing. And if you have a wife like mine, she pulls it out of her pocket. Puts in the last piece. <laughs> and that's what marriage is supposed to be like. Husbands, love your wives even more than you love yourself. Treat them with respect and honor. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. And choose them above everyone else. The husband should give his wife all that he owes her as his wife. And the wife should give her husband all that she owes him as her husband. Pilot, co-pilot, both headed for the destination that God has directed us to. It's a glorious journey that God's called us on. We're going to close this service up. Some of you have some prayer requests. Some of you now know the request you need to put on your prayer thing, right? I'm going to put this on my request. I need to have this prayed for. That's great. Put it down. So we got some offering you need to set aside to give as, as the offering is passed here. Whatever it is, that's great. But let's close our eyes right now and ask God to speak to us. Father, many of us here have relationships that have broken down. We've fallen and we don't think we can get up. The lies grew to such a huge amount that we could no longer tell the difference between them and truth. And we failed. And that relationship now is one that is best said strained. It's one in which we simply have an awareness of one another. And Lord, I would pray that you might enter into that situation, even that, and begin to bring healing. But for now, Father, for those relationships you place us in now, we'd ask that you might grant us the ability to put aside the past and to begin with newness today. Lord, forgive us where we have failed, where we have lied, where we've not honored, where we haven't done what we needed to do. And today, today, start the process. Bring healing and hope. Make us new. We come to you today and ask. Now's the time. Let it begin to happen. Lord, let your blessing fall on each couple here. Let the reality of your spirit overwhelm them. As you do what only you can do.
transform us. We ask it in Jesus' name.